Got to turn my batteries on. Um, if you'll turn to John 3, not St. John, the other John, 3rd John, the one close to Revelation. Everybody clear? Okay, good. It is good to have my wife here. She can make sure that I'm saying everything she told me to say. And uh, good to have my daughter, too. She probably know the difference between our nursery and yours, but nonetheless, good to have her here. Let me turn over there. Quit talking here. I hope you pay attention to what you're singing before you get before we get to the preaching. I'm sure that song, Look to the Lamb of God, is talking about salvation, mainly. But it's also what we ought to do when, when there's time of trouble or distress. Not lean to our own understanding, but look to the Lamb of God. We always should look to Him for direction and guidance. Um... We got some interesting times that are on us right now, and everybody's got an opinion about what should be done, what should what should not be done, what should be said, not said, and how should we say it. All kinds of things. But the Lamb of God, the Master, can direct us, make sure that we're the right type of testimony, say what we ought to say. Um, but. We get in trouble when we start following our own our own guidance. Alright, so um, enough rambling. John, third John. I'm gonna read the whole passage. And uh, we'll get started. The elder unto the well beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well because that for his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such, that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Demetrius hath good report of all men, and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record, and we know that our record is true. I had many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto thee. But I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee. Our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. This evening we're going to look at this book uh, passage. It's a historical record of three people, uh, one of which shows us a perfect human embodiment of satanic character, and two which give us 
uh, great representation of the character of Almighty God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we do thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this evening and to look into your word. I pray to give us understanding as you look at this passage. Uh, Lord, uh, give us understanding so that we can act or correct our actions to become more like you. We thank you for your goodness to us, and I pray that this service would glorify you. In your name I pray. Amen. Um, this epistle, letter, book, passage, uh, whatever you want to call it, of John, is written by John, and he starts off here and says, The elder and the well-beloved guy. So I'm, um, John's writing to... In particular, Gaius here, he says that this is somebody that he loves. He said, Whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. And uh, actually, our church is memorizing this passage, and I've, uh, so I've been looking at it, studying it. Um, but this, this is something that I wanted to point out right off the bat. It's not one of the three people that was mentioned in the introduction. But John here does something that, in my experience, seems to be lacking a little bit, maybe, in our circles. Um, And that is praising people for doing what's right. We know that the things that we do, or that someone else does, that are good, uh, we, we know that the Lord enables us to do those things. But a person is still making that choice. Okay, um, if a person is out witnessing and being a good testimony, I, I think that we ought to, in some ways, pat them on the back, give them encouragement for doing that. Okay, if they lead someone to the Lord, they didn't save that person. We all know that only God can save a soul. But I think there ought to be encouragement for doing what's right. The Lord knows. We all know. That every day we get beat down for doing what's right. We get pushed and, and pressured to not do what's right. So when we come together as believers, I think that we ought to encourage one another. We ought to be proud of one another. We ought to be positive pressure and acknowledge things that are good. There, there's nothing wrong here. In fact, this is biblical right here. John is saying, uh, I love you in the truth. And I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Here's another thing. In this introduction, John is saying that he wants Gaius to prosper and be in health even as his soul prospereth. So he's not talking about spiritually. Of course we all want our brethren to prosper spiritually, to to grow. But he's saying, I want you to be in good health. I want you to, to prosper, your life to be good. Okay, and everyone in here is not going to be rich. We're not all going to have perfect health. We we know that. Okay, um, but I I do at at our church. I pray through our church when I when I'm driving to work. That's when I pray, and I do pray for their health. I pray for their businesses. I pray for their families, their kids, the, everyone that's there. I pray for them, not just you know, Lord, please help them to be saved. And the rest doesn't matter. It it does matter. In comparison to spiritual things, no. I, we, we know that. But we have a few people that own businesses in our church. I pray that their businesses prosper. 
I don't see anything wrong with that. And I, I feel like sometimes, I feel like I'm not accusing anyone, but if, if someone's doing well in business, then we start thinking, oh, you know, making a lot of money, that's not good. Well, if you use money incorrectly, or if your desires are only to make money, that's right, it's not good. But, but money's not evil. Money is an inanimate object, or it's not a card, or how are we determine money anymore. Uh, it's just something to get other things. It's actually something that can be used for good, to support missionaries, to, to support the work here. Uh, if we grow and we need a, another building, or if we need things to keep up our buildings, well, if we don't have money, we can't do that. So it, John isn't saying here, you know, guys, I really hope that you're a millionaire by the time I see you again. He's not saying that. He's just saying, I pray and I, I want you to do it to prosper. And I think that we ought to do that with our own church people. We ought to pray for them like that. Um, only because the Bible shows us that. Okay, it's not an opinion. Um, so he says here, Beloved, I wish above all things thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. And then he goes on to talk about his soul the rest of the time. He says, For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that's in thee. Uh, and John is writing an encouraging intro to Gaius because his Gaius's actions inspired those words by his actions. And let's read on here. He says, uh, I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. Okay, we're going to stop there for a minute. So what is, what, what is, why is John writing to Gaius? Because this guy has been an example of a believer that ought to be recognized. And he's giving him some encouragement. He's saying, I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that's in thee. So Gaius is over here doing his work. I don't know what his day job was. That doesn't matter. But he's doing his work, and when fellow Christians came through his area, he was good to them. He says, uh, when the brethren, the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee. So what brethren? Well, they were coming through to John. They had been through Gaius' area. And these fellows are saying, hey, this guy, Gaius, he's on the ball. He, he's out there. Uh, number one, he's, they're testifying of the truth that's in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. So Gaius is walking an upright life, a life that is pleasing to the Lord, and it's encouraging other people. What, what do people think when they see your life? Uh, it's an encouragement to John. John says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. It's an encouragement to John to hear... I'm. I don't know exactly what the relationship was to Gaius, but maybe he had led him to the Lord. Maybe he was in a church that John had started or had been a part of. But his children is someone that he had had impact on. It's not his blood child. Not, not even, They don't have the same family name. But this is someone that he maybe had uh, mentored, pastored, something of that nature. 
And so he's calling his children. He's saying, I have no greater joy than to see my children walk in truth. Do we desire to see the people around us? We have all ages in here, okay? As you're older, do you you desire to see young people improve and be prosperous in the truth? Is that what you're invested in? Are you invested in the people that are around you, your peers, and those that are younger than you? Are you, are you invested in their lives? Because John was invested in Gaius' life, and Gaius was investing in the lives of the people who came through his area or, or, or were connected to him. You know, uh, sometimes the American way gets in, gets in the way of what's going on here. The American way sometimes is to be generous with our prosperity. But sometimes the American way is, hey, I hadn't made it to the prosperity part, so watch out. I'm, I'm over here busy pulling myself up by my own bootstraps and don't get in my way. When I get prosperous, maybe we can talk, but back off for right now. I'm busy making myself wealthy. Okay? We can't be like that. Guys, wasn't like that. It doesn't say he's a rich person. I don't know that he was, or he wasn't. doesn't matter. He's investing in the people's lives around him, and John's recognizing that, and it's encouragement to John. Here, we, I said we have ages, you know, some more mature, some young, okay? If you're a young buck or a young lady, does your life encourage people around you? Not just your peers, but the older people? He says, verse 6, uh, sorry, verse 5, Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers. This isn't a one-time occurrence. This isn't a one-time donation of a lot of money. So we can build that building. You can stick your name on the, on the outside. And, Woo! You're doing a lot of work over there. No. It's action. I'm not sure it had to do with anything, anything with money. It had to do with the truth that people saw him living out and acting out with them, and he's doing it faithfully. Faithfulness is faithfulness and loyalty are, are not important in our society. We we don't we aren't built that way. Loyalty for sure is overrated by our society. Okay? It's all about the dollar. Loyalty is to the dollar. Uh, faithfulness should be to the Lord. Period. We, we ought to be faithful people. What does that mean? I can count on you. I can count on you to do what's right. I can count on... If, if, uh, if I'm out working and I know that, that you, whoever you is, sorry, if I know that you have been around this person I'm working with, can, can I know, can I just know right off the bat, I know this person's faithful, they've been faithfully witnessing to them. Or am I wondering... You know, fill in the blank. Your name. Well, so if if I've been working with them, what are they going to say? Am I because am I faithful to be a witness? Am I am I faithful in my duties to give out the gospel? It's not just giving out the gospel. It's being a help and encouragement to other like-minded believers, to to particularly people in your church. He said below, verse 5, Thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren. Verse 6, Which have borne witness of thy charity. Again, people have borne witness, testified of thy charity. 
What's charity? Love. Okay. They born witness of thy charity before the church. Okay. Well, how do you show love? Not talking about between husband and wife. We're talking about love. I show love by the way I treat you. Okay. Um, let's see here. I'm going to read on here and I'll come back. So verse 6 again. Which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey, traveling after a godly sort, thou shalt do well, because that for his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. All right. So he's talking about a journey here and people testifying of Gaius to John, who's not in the same place. So my understanding of reading this passage and thinking about it, there had to be people traveling through that Gaius had gotten a hold of and he had been help along the way to them as they went to John. That's what it seems to indicate strongly. Okay. Now, who would be doing that? How is that applicable to us? Who would be doing that in our times? Uh, we don't travel from church to church. I, I know. We, not normally. Uh, normally we stay at the same church like we're supposed to. Um, but pastors, uh, not pastors, sorry, missionaries who are going around for support. Um, or people could move. I mean, that's not impossible. But think about that. When you have a pastor come in and preach at weekend meetings, do you, do you give to that? How do you treat him when he's here? Do you, do you treat him with respect? Do you want to spend time with him? Do you want to encourage him by your faithfulness and, and having him for a meal? Believe me, I know that it's difficult. A week of meetings can be difficult. Okay, I drive two hours to work and back every day. Uh, we live 30 minutes from our church. So it's an hour there and back to church. Um, I got a little tight. It's not one yet. All those things are factors. Uh, they're not specific to me. Everyone has factors that make it tough on them. And we can get an I- the idea no one has it as tough as me. Okay, buddy, just sit down. Everybody has their issues. Okay, where are your priorities? Is the priority numero uno? I ain't got time to be kind to the pastor. I don't have time to take him out for a meal. I don't have time to sit down and talk with him and be an encouragement to him. Oh, the pastor's only supposed to be an encouragement to me. Really? Is that is that the way that goes? How do you treat a pastor when he comes and preaches a week of meetings? Do you, do you give sacrificially? Um, when you have missionaries come through, how do you treat them? They, they may not preach a week of meetings. They may not be here but for a service or, or a couple of days or something like that, be on furlough. Normally they're coming back to get more support because people dropped them if they're doing a good job. That's what happens a lot of times. Well, they're not preaching, so I don't give them any money. Um, when you're driving around on furlough, it takes money. And they're here looking for money so they can do the Lord's work. Money isn't everything, but it sure does help to get a meal or get gas in your vehicle. And it is an encouragement that somebody walks in and says, Hey, I just 
I just want you to know we appreciate the work that you're doing and I want to help you along your way. Now, I don't know what currency Gaius was using or if he even used, was using currency. But we're just looking at how this applies to us. How did Gaius do it? I don't know the specifics. It doesn't tell. But to apply it to ourselves, um, it can't just be, man, that's a nice passage and roll on to the next thing. What are people going to say when they leave you and they go somewhere else? What is, what's the testimony going to be? He says here, um, because that, verse 7, because that for his name's sake they went forward taking nothing of the Gentiles. What that reminds me of is when missionaries go out, they're only going to take support from churches that are fairly close and, and believe. So not everybody, especially if they believe like we do, that's that's not a lot of people. Okay, they they need people to take care of them. Has anybody been on furlough before, or or been out looking for support in here? Okay, uh, easy road, cheesecake. Just everybody's just throwing money at you. You got you when you're not traveling, when you're not in the church, you're just sitting, you know, in a hotel sleeping and waiting until the next place opens up, and you're gonna make some more money. That's not the way it works. It's rough, especially if you have little kids. So let's think about how do we encourage those people who are doing the Lord's work? Are we too busy doing our schedule to even come up and shake their hand when they're here at church? Well, they're not, they're not even, we don't even support them. I didn't know that was a requirement for getting some, having some fellowship or getting some encouragement. It doesn't say exactly here what guys was doing, but apparently he made his mark on a lot of people. Are you? Or, and I, I don't think it's too hard to see, that's what Christ-like character would do. They're out there for other people, not themselves. Or we can be like verse 9. I wrote into the church, but Diotrephes, who loved to have the preeminence among them, received us not. Um... Uh, Diotrephes didn't have any of it. He says here, verse 10, Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, prating against us with, with malicious words, and not content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. So Diotrephes, I don't know what his position was in his church, but apparently he was a bigwig of some sort. I don't know if he had a position of authority or if he had a lot of money or, or just a lot of influence. I don't know what. But for whatever reason, he didn't like people coming. He didn't want to encourage them. He didn't want them there because he loved to have the preeminence. Maybe he he was he wanted to have a spiritual monopoly, and so we're not going to have other other uh, missionaries in here. We're not going to have. We're not going to encourage people. I'm I'm the number one person. Preeminence means they want to be first. And that attitude is easy to have. We're, we're born sinners. We're, we're born selfish. And it's easy to fall into that. So go, And again, to verse 10, he says... I will remember his deeds. John saying this, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words. 
he's cutting these guys down with his tongue the best he knows how. He's being a jerk. Let me say something, okay? We all know that the Bible lays out principles for us to go by, and by those principles we make standards because we want to be holy before God. We all understand that. And people outside of this church, most people think we have high standards, our church and your church. That's okay. I, I don't apologize for our standards. I want to be holy before God, and I believe that those standards are part of that. Okay? Into that. There are people who love the Lord who don't have our standards. Just because they don't have all our standards doesn't mean they don't love the Lord. If someone comes through here and we recognize or we through talking to them, well, they don't have all our standards. But you know, I was talking to him out the door and I heard him say XYZ, whatever it is. Not heretical, just not the same standard. They don't draw the same line, you know, at the dress standard or the music standard or whatever. It's obviously that, oh, Lord, they're trying to do what's right. Maybe they're young and they're learning. They haven't been in this type of church all their life. And so they don't have the same standard. All of a sudden, oh, I got something to gossip about. Let's go talk about it. Let's make sure everyone understands they ain't on the same page. They're the, they're the opposition. That's malicious. That is wrong. Uh... My dad, most of you all know Pastor Webb. Uh, shocker, he hasn't always been local church. In fact, he hadn't always been King James Version. Oh. It's the truth. What happened? Well, you know, somebody found out one time that he wasn't King James, and they beat him over the head with it until he decided to change. That's not what happened. He did some study. He heard people who were talking about it. He thought they were nuts at first, but they talked to him. He did some study, and he realized, I need to change my position. If we are malicious, and we're going to have the preeminence, we're going to be, we're going to one-up you because you ain't on the same standard, brother. Let me tell you something. You're not on the same standard. I'm going to tell everybody else, and we're all going to make sure that you're down below because you ain't got this one standard like the rest of us. we got a problem. Are we trying to help people out and to bring them along in areas that they might not understand. In fact, that person doesn't have a standard exactly where you do. There may be something else you need to learn. Or me. I'm not pointing, I'm pointing at myself too. There may be something we need to learn that we don't know yet. And if we're not listening to them because they don't draw a line exactly where we do at this point, we're not going to learn. But if we got to have that preeminence, buddy, we got to make sure they know we're better. We're going to miss it. And we're, do you think they're going to come back and, and want to hear from you? No. They're not. Unless they're really abnormal. Um, it says here, John says, you know, the whole thing, oh, oh I, for, I forgive and I let go and I don't remember. Well, uh, John here says, verse 10, wherefore if I come, I will remember his deeds. He's not forgetting that. He's got to remember what, what was said and what was done. 
not only was Diotrephes holding this level of wherever he was at, in the verse 10 says, Neither doth he himself receive the brethren, so he doesn't do it, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. So if we have somebody come in, and, and uh, Nathan goes there and talks to them, realizes that they're not on the same page, and I realize they're not on the same page, and I go to tell the rest of the church, and Nathan's over there talking to them and say, Hey, would you like to, you know, let's say they're not King James only. Nathan say, Hey, you want to go to lunch? I'd love to talk to you about it. Meantime, by the time Nathan gets done telling them, hey, you know, figuring out where they're going to go to lunch, I've already got the whole church stirred up. We got some uh, heretics back here. And when we get back, you know, I come back and I hear Nathan say, let's go to lunch. I'm like, Nathan, you got to get out of the church too. Take this guy with you. You're both heretics. How can you even talk to somebody that doesn't believe King James only? That's what we're talking about here. There, there are lots of issues like this. Last time I checked, none of us are perfect. We all have things we need to improve on. And I I know I do. And I don't want somebody to find out, well, he's not perfect in that area. Let me go stir up whoever else I can against them. That's wrong. That is wicked. That is the character of Satan. Satan wants to get in there. Satan is the one that cultivates wolves for the... The sheep's flock. He's the one that gets in there and, and makes a wolf look like a sheep so they can get in there and tear everybody up. That's Satan. That, that is not the character of God. I'm not saying at all that the standards should be lowered so everyone can, be, can feel accepted. I'm not saying that. But if we're here to tear everybody down that doesn't draw a line at the same place, we're being diatrophies. Verse 11, he says, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, diatrophies, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God. You ought to be a good, uh, do-gooder. Okay? People ought to see you as that. I'm not saying a softy, I'm just saying someone that helps people out. Sometimes it may be financially. Sometimes it may be just sitting down with them. They've had a tough day just sitting down and saying, hey, maybe a visitor. And hey, you want to talk? You, you seem, seem like you got some stuff going on. Can I take you out to lunch and talk to you about it? You may not even get to witness to them at that lunch. Sometimes you just have to sit down and talk to people because you care about their soul. He says here, he that doeth good is of God. That's what God does. But he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Then we get to the third guy, Demetrius. Demetrius hath good report of all men. That's abnormal. You know that? Demetrius has a good report of all men. Normally, you have people who like you, those are called your friends. And people who don't like you, those are called your enemies. Okay? <laughs> Hopefully the first is larger than the second group. But it says, Demetrius hath a good report of all men and of the truth itself. Now, if you're a Bible-believing, uh, you know, Bible-preaching, testifying person, how, how, did, how is it that all men can love you? He has a good, excuse me, not loving. He has a good report of all men. How, how could that be? 
Well, let me tell you, if you're faithful to do what's right, if you tell the truth, if you work hard, if you are a do-gooder, most people like that type of person. Now, they may have a hard time handling it when you start witnessing to them. They may not like that very much, but they're still going to give a good report if somebody says, your neighbor says, hey, what's that guy like down there, you know, two houses down or across the street? You know him? Yeah. What's he like? He's kind of a religious fanatic, but he's a nice guy. You know, I had trouble with this or that, and he helped me with that. Um, it's a nice family. Doesn't cause any problems. Go to work, coworker, or boss. What type of worker are they? Oh, they're they're a hard worker. What do you think of them? Um, you know. They can be a little religious at times, but you know they don't take time off the clock. They don't waste their work hours to go preaching. So you know it's okay. I don't really care for that. But they're 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 hard worker. They're a good person. Is that what people say about you? We're not trying to be good people. But if you're following the Lord and you're doing what's right, you will be good people. You will be what people see as a good person. They may not like your politics or your religion, but the character should be, hey, when we give a report to that person, that's a quality person right there. If you're not, you're not being Christ-like. If you're always stirring up trouble, look, I got as strong a political beliefs as anybody in this room, okay? I believe wholeheartedly the things that I believe in. We don't need to go through all that. But I don't find somebody at work who's on the total opposite, the left side, the liberal side, and be like, you know what? I'm going to either convert them or drive them to drink. I'm just going to wear them out until they, until they come to my side. Why would I do that? Are there politics in heaven? No, there's not. There's not. So that's not important. It is important. Like politics, we we want to vote right, and we want people to to vote the way that would be best for our country. Absolutely. But if my politics get in the way of witnessing to them, because they can't handle any more of my crazy fanatical every day wearing them out on Trump, 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 there's a problem. Their soul's more important than their politics. I'm not saying I gotta go hide in the closet and never say anything about what I believe, but I ought to balance that with, okay, where's the balancing point? Is this gonna affect my testimony to wear them out with these politics? We ought to stand up for what's right, but we ought not to lose our brain when we're doing it. Demetrius has a good verse twelve. Demetrius has a good report of all men and of the truth itself. If we look at the truth, we see that Demetrius is doing what the truth, what the Bible dictates. Now you can be a good per, you can be a good person in the eyes of your neighbors, coworkers, or whatever, and not be doing the truth. But it says, and of the truth, yea, and we also bear record, we testify, we, we would be willing to speak on behalf, and you know that our record is true. Demetrius and Gaius 
have a good report of men. They are following the truth. They are encouraging others around them to do the same. They want to please the Lord. And they affect other people around them in that way. What is your effect on people? Well, I'm kind of quiet and I'm shy and I'm kind of nervous around people. I don't really you know, want to talk to them because I, I get nervous. I don't know what to say. Okay. Okay. So how do you think you affect them? Are you affecting them for good? Or do you have any effect on them? Did, would they know that you're a Christian? Well, I'm just kind of quiet. Would they know that you're a Christian? They ought to. Shy or not. I'm just, I don't know what to say. Well, they're going to hell. So don't you think you should get out of your shell and, and, and help them understand there's something more than just this world that's going on here? Well, I don't really like them. They're a, they're a, they're a dirty person. They, they don't, they don't speak right. Well, that's because they got a problem. They're not saved. I don't want to be seen with them. Mm, that's good. That's a good. <laughs> that's a good sign. They need to be saved. Uh, but if you don't want to be seen with them, and you don't want to talk with them, and you won't talk with them, isn't that kind of like wanting to have the preeminence? Like I'm gonna be okay, and I'm gonna be okay with God, and I'm gonna be number one. But it's okay if they go to hell. That's looking out for the preeminence number one. We, we need to evaluate what our priorities are and we need to be like Gaius or Demetrius and not be like Diotrephes. And we ought to look ourselves in the mirror and be honest about that. What is our effect upon people? Okay. And you ought to think about the person that hates you the most. If somebody came up and asked them, what is that person like? What would they say? The person doesn't like you at work or neighborhood or wherever. What would they say? They don't like you because you're a fun, you, you, you fundamentalists believe the Bible. You, you're you're um, a Bible thumper. They don't like your your religion. That's not going to bother me too much, okay? It's not going to bother me. But if they don't like you because you're not a nice person, you you're rude, you you do things that are outside what the Bible teaches us to do, we need to change that. And please don't tell me. It's just the way I am. It's just my personality. Can you change that personality? We're all born a certain way. I mean, I'm, I'm not a, a really quiet person by nature. I'm a passionate person by nature. Um, but I'm not stuck in my nature. I can change. And you can too. And if, you know... Just leaving it the way we've always done it, stuck in our own rut, is more important to us than changing. So this person over here might have an opportunity to listen to us when we start preaching the gospel to them. Do you think they would listen to you if they saw you change so that you could talk to them? You think that would get their attention? Yeah. But that that's what's important. Okay? Lastly, just in review... We ought to 
be expressive to those who are doing what's right, that we appreciate that, that's an encouragement to us, and cheer them on. And cheer them on by the way we act. You know, your pastor up here, Pastor Ballard, he's not the only one that ought to be living a spick and span life or, you know, going out there witnessing all the time and he's the only one doing all the, all the stuff, the right stuff all the time. No, you should be doing the same thing. Just because you're sitting in the pew, or just because I'm sitting in the pew, I'm not a pastor, just because I'm sitting in the pew doesn't give me license to slip off every once in a while or in certain areas that I just don't want to do. That doesn't give me license for that. We ought to be an encouragement to our pastors by living right just like we expect them to. And it will be encouragement to them and to others around us. I'm close with this. You, you may think that no one pays attention to you, no one listens to what you say, no one cares what you do. Maybe they don't. We all want to think that we're important. Maybe people don't care. God cares. If anything, God's looking down to see how you're living. But there are more people than you think that pay attention to what you do. And you want them to get, when they're watching you, you want them to get the view of Christ-like character from, from the way that you act and speak and conduct yourself. Are we doing that? Let's pray.